0: Hi, you're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Hey, you guys, happy Wellness Wednesday, or whatever day you're listening to this. Welcome back to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. Today, I am going to be answering some questions that you guys had asked in my Wellness Wednesday poll over on Instagram. So on Instagram, I on Wednesdays, I love to throw up little quizzes to kind of quiz your knowledge, help you learn something, and then I always throw up a question box, and I try to get to as many questions as I can. Obviously, I can't answer uh, with medical advice, but I try to answer as many questions as I can to to help you guys. And it's fun for me because you guys are asking so many of the same questions that other people are asking. So last Wednesday, when this question box was up was the first wellness Wednesday of 2021. And I had been so busy all day with remote consults and podcasting and interviewing and creating content. And by the time I posted the question box, I like, I answered probably a few questions, but I didn't answer as many as I typically do. And I just had gotten so many that I said, okay, I'm going to put my phone away for the night because I wanted to like be present with Nick actually when I was done working. And so I said, you know, I'm just going to answer these on a podcast and I want to start doing more of these because I love answering them over on Instagram. You know, I'll either record a video or type as much as I possibly can to answer it. But I also love answering these on the podcast because I can, I can do a little bit more thorough job of answering them. I can really put you know my emotion behind it and really hopefully answer it in, even, in a better way because even if I recorded a video on Instagram stories, it, it would cut me off at a certain amount of time. And some of these questions are a little bit more in-depth than others. And there were still so many that I don't even know that I'll be able to answer them all in this podcast. So if you had asked a question, um, and it doesn't get answered, please don't be offended because just keep asking them. Um, and, and there's some that I just, I can't answer because it's, it's asking medical advice and I just can't do that. So I'm going to answer, um, a good handful of them. And I really like doing this. Like I said, it kind of splits it up, but, um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to do in this week's episode. Next week's episode, I'm going to be recording a podcast and talking about, my um my thoughts on the fitness industry and i've got a lot of thoughts on that so i can't wait for to record that one because that one is going to be a spicy one for sure um okay so um i'm just going to get started i'm going in no particular order um and i'm going to get to these as many as i can um again i can't give medical advice. Me answering these questions is more just my recommendation, what I would do, um, and hopefully pointing you in the right direction. So first question, are honey and real maple syrup actually healthier options for sweeteners? So blanket statement would be yes, because of the fact that those are naturally occurring. They are, as they found are found in nature and they are going they are a little bit less of empty calories, whereas sugar is just sugar. It doesn't really come with anything else where honey and maple syrup do come with naturally occurring B vitamins. They come like raw honey has certain things that can really help your body with allergies and histamine responses. And there's different bacterial components like of raw honey that can be good for your gut. Um, They do have a lot more medicinal properties and the body does respond a little bit differently to those because there is actually some nutritional value The one important thing is just because it's natural doesn't mean that you can just eat copious amounts of it. So, um, I, when I'm doing baking or cooking, um, I will substitute sugar for those two, um, real maple syrup, not, (laughs) not, you know, high fructose corn syrup with food coloring or sugar-free maple syrup. That stuff is garbage and chemicals. I'm talking about real maple syrup. Um, my uncle makes his own and he, he makes a ton of it. And so we always get it from him. And then raw honey. I always try to get locally because you want to get it as, um, as local to your area as possible so that you can really get the benefits, um, of the pollination so that you can get more of those allergy adaptogen benefits. So again, they still are sugar, but they are seriously such a better alternative. Um, and have more nutritional value. So still obviously use in moderation and very sparingly because it's still pure sugar. But if you're going to cook with something and it says cane sugar, you could always use like a little bit of, um, the natural sweetener. Um, okay. So number one thing you recommend to start doing or stop doing if you have acne. So loaded question. The one thing I would start doing is if you're not already, um, focusing on gut health, that would be the first place I would start. Um, focusing on gut health, taking a high quality probiotic. I love the megaspore one um, from uh microbiome labs. They are amazing, and that particular strain is seriously incredible for acne. Um, I also highly recommend taking a look at your diet and getting inflammatory foods out that aren't serving you because acne is inflammatory. So foods that you eat that cause inflammation are going to make acne worse. Um, and that includes things like sugar and potentially dairy and, um, alcohol, things like that. Um, and apart from alcohol, staying hydrated and supporting your liver are also really, really important as well. Um, switching to cleaner products are really important because the skin is absorbing what we put on. And I've had a lot of people's acne, including myself improve just from switching to cleaner products, giving your body less of a toxic burden. All of those things can be helpful. And, you know, there are topical things that you can do, but a lot of acne really, truly is internally. So looking at the gut, looking at the liver, um, things that I would stop doing a lot of caffeine, a lot of alcohol, um, gluten, I would limit dairy. I would probably limit, um, as well as vegetable oils. They're incredibly inflammatory. So just a reminder on the vegetable oils, it's corn, canola, cottonseed, Soy, sunflower, safflower, and grape seed those oils are incredibly processed and they are wreaking havoc on your gut, causing insulin resistance. Um, Speaking of insulin resistance, that's a huge insulin resistance of the skin is essentially acne. So being able to make sure that you're minimizing glucose spikes and maybe looking at maybe doing more like time-restricted eating or adding a little bit more time in between meals, um, those can be really, really important and that's beneficial for the gut. So although that's a loaded question, if you want to dive more onto that, um, check out my podcast episode where I talked about acne. Um, and I also talk a lot about acne in my online hormone course. So if you're really interested in kind of getting to the root of why it's happening, I would check out those two things. So, um, I have a two MTHFR mutation. What further testing should I have completed? So, um, MTHFR, I know it sounds like a swear word, but, um, it's, uh, it's a gene mutation and it's pretty common about 60% of the population has some form of the MTHFR gene mutated. Um, so MTHFR stands for methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase. Um, and it's essentially a gene that helps with methylating and that helps with, um, folate absorption and it's really linked to like B vitamins and it's really important. And it's, it's important because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have all these issues, but if you do have this gene mutation, it's really important to know how that you can support yourself. So, um, so since you know that you already have the mutation, it's not necessarily helpful for further testing at this point, but it's really going to be beneficial to know how you can support your genes. And so a recommendation I would recommend is following and looking into Dr. Ben Lynch's work. He's the author of Dirty Genes. I highly recommend that book. And if you're wondering, if you're someone who maybe has genes that um, could use a little bit more sprucing up, I highly recommend it. Just because we have mutations or genetic predispositions to things, you know, like maybe the MTHFR gene or um, COMT, which is something I usually look at on the Dutch or the BRCA or HER2 or um, all, any genetic predisposition or gene snip that you might have, um, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you, that that's your destiny. Um, the reason that I love his work so much is because he talks about how we can support our genes to therefore, if they're a little dirtied, like, you know, an MTHFR mutation, you can clean them up with diet and lifestyle. And he does a really great job in his book at explaining what these genes are, how you can know if something is off and how you can kind of clean them up through diet and lifestyle. So he actually has a test out. Um, I can't think of the actual gene mutation test, but I'm going to be ordering it soon and taking it myself. So I'll take you guys on that journey with me. But um, for you, I definitely would recommend just checking out his book. It's super easy to read. As um, someone who, you know, I've, I've read a lot of sciencey books and then I've read a lot of books that I think people can really understand. I think that's one that's written so that the general public really can read it and understand what's going on and be able to take things into their own hands. So how do you feel about coffee? I love coffee. I look forward to coffee every day, not because I need it for the caffeine, but because I just truly enjoy it. Um, When you are thinking about, you know, when we are thinking about if caffeine is beneficial to us or not, I think there's a lot of different things that kind of go into the mix. So one, why are you drinking it? Are you drinking it because you have absolutely no energy and you are relying that as a source of energy? Are you drinking it? Um, and it's not coming from a good source. Coffee is insanely, insanely sprayed with pesticides and herbicides. It's a huge round. It's a huge source of, um, glyphosate and other toxins. And then you're boiling it and it's just becoming more potent. It's also a really big place where mold can hide. So people with mold toxicity can be really sensitive to their coffee. So with that being said, you, I think there's a lot of different things to kind of take into consideration. Um, personally, I like the, I like getting like the whole bean and then I'll grind it myself. I get the bulletproof brand because they test for mycotoxins and it's organic. So you're limiting a lot of different toxic exposure and to limit my caffeine intake, because I don't drink coffee because I need it. I drink it just because I genuinely really enjoy it. I I do like a mix of decaf and regular, or I'll just do regular, just decaf, um, because I don't need the energy. I have enough because I support my circadian rhythm and I support my hormones so that I am producing enough energy, but I just genuinely really like it. Um, it's also some, another question to ask is, okay, if you really do genuinely enjoy it, what are you also putting in it? Are you loading it with sugar? Are you loading it with artificial sweeteners and creamers that are filled with crap? Or are you f- drinking it black, which is great. Or are you maybe making like a bulletproof coffee or like a high fat coffee that's going to help keep your blood sugar stable? Because for some people, coffee will raise your cortisol, even if it's black, because the caffeine can kick you out of like that fasted state and raise your blood glucose, which is obviously not beneficial. We don't want to just be like first thing in the morning, spiking our insulin. Um, especially if we just think we're doing a fine thing by drinking black coffee with no sugar. Right. So, um, It's, it's important to know if it does those things to you. Um, and what I like to do is I like to add a little bit of MCT powder, a little bit of cinnamon, maybe a little bit of heavy cream, mix it together. And then I can go hours without even thinking about when I need to eat again. So it stabilizes my blood sugar. Um, it gives me like a really good boost for the morning, whether I'm training right after I drink it or just like doing work. I feel like it's really productive. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm getting organic and bulletproof. So they're checking and testing for mold. So um yeah, that's that's my thought on coffee. It's really important to know how it affects you, why you're doing it, and making sure you're getting it from a good source. Okay, what is your opinion on carb cycling? Carb cycling can be really good. Um, I think it's important for us to constantly be in this state of kind of like fluctuation, if you will. So especially when I'm thinking about like if I'm working with someone and we're kind of tuning it to her cycle in the beginning of the cycle a little bit more tolerant of carbs, a little bit more insulin sensitive. And then as progesterone increases, we just naturally become a little bit more insulin resistant because that's what kind of progesterone will do. So then maybe we taper, we're a little bit more high carb at the beginning of the cycle. And maybe we taper more towards like high fat, moderate or lower carb half of the se- or second half. Um, but some people like do fine with carb cycling within a week and kind of tapering it around your training. And I think that can be really beneficial, especially for things like thyroid and stuff, kind of like really kind of tricking, if you will, tricking the metabolism, um, to kind of turn on in a favorable way. I think it's really important to kind of play around with carbs and know when it can be beneficial to have them in, when it can be higher and lower. Um, I think it can be a really beneficial thing and that's kind of like a, I know it's more seen in like the diet space because people think it's like a fat loss hack and and it can be because it can help with hormones, but I think doing it in a a strategic way along with your hormones um, and along with how you're training and what your activity level is, it can be helpful uh, for some people. So what are foods that help with inflammation in the body? So I'm assuming these are foods that are going to be anti-inflammatory. So anti-inflammatory foods, generalized um, ones can be things like... Um, grass-fed animal products because there's a higher omega-3 concentration, wild-caught fatty fish because there's, again, that omega-3 concentration. Bone broth is extremely anti-inflammatory. Um, fresh fruits and vegetables are can be in, uh, anti-inflammatory. Turmeric spices like that, um, curcumin and turmeric are very anti-inflammatory a lot of whole just like think whole foods and then think of kind of like those big players blueberries are high on that list broccoli sprouts are on that list um but it's also important to kind of know what foods do you do well with and what foods you might not do well with because everybody's a little bit different and nightshades you know although it's a, a vegetable or a fruit they can be inflammatory for some people or raw things can be inflammatory for some people or you know, like kale or things with oxalates, it, it really kind of depends. So that kind of can be a loaded question, but blanket statement, think like wild caught fish, salmon, tuna, things like that. Be careful of the bigger fish because they can have a little bit more heavy metals in them. Um, so like Alaskan salmon is good because there's a little bit more like fresh water that can be there. Um, that's always my go-to. I try to have salmon, um, at least once or twice a week. Uh, cod liver oil is also great or cod liver, obviously really good. Obviously a lot of people aren't going to necessarily eat cod liver, but I do take a supplement cod liver oil every day. It's high, um, high omega threes. It's also high in vitamin D, vitamin A, really good source of a bunch of different nutrients. Whole food forms definitely are the best. All right. Where can I access a Dutch test? So Dutch is great. You can order the test yourself. You don't need a practitioner's script or anything to order it. Dutch stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. It's a test that I use a lot with patients. I use it on, I've used it on myself. Um, it's extremely comprehensive and very thorough. Um, when I'm working with someone, I always tell them to call Dutch, let them know that I'm your provider so that I can get access to the results. Um, in like my portal so that I can read them and then let you know once they're in and then I've gone through them so that then we can book a consult together. You don't need my script or my advice to order it, but I highly recommend someone reading it over because it is something that is just entirely, it's very complicated and there's a lot going on. So um, if it's something that you're interested in, definitely let me know. We can set up a call A free discovery call. You can book that on my website at slash consults. Um, You can scroll down, pick a time, and we can set up a free call. If the Dutch is something that you're interested in, you can order it yourself. Um, Again, let them know that I'm your provider. If you've had a Dutch in the past and you'd like it to be, and you'd like me to read it, I've also had people just email me their results. I go over them and then we get on a Zoom and we go through everything and kind of like hash through what's going on and what recommendations I have thoughts on alcohol. Really great question. Um, I, and I guess I'm answering this question now in a sense where like I've kind of going through a lot of trauma in my life. And I think of, and a lot of people think of alcohol as like a coping thing. And so I'm really, for that reason, staying away from it because it does not help me in that sense at all. It makes a lot of things worse. Um, and also when I think of hormones, I think of alcohol, I think of hormones because there's so many people that come to me that are like, I drink my glass of wine every night. It's my thing, but my hormones are off and I want to heal them. And I'm like, well, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot every day. Um, So I think when it comes to alcohol, alcohol is for sure a balance. It's really, really, really important um, for it to be a moderation thing. You know, a few drinks, like two to three drinks a week. I don't know. I don't know what moderation looks like for you, but it certainly doesn't look like an everyday thing to me. Um, and it shouldn't to you because alcohol is something that even in moderation, the liver still has to process. It's depl- it's going through a lot of your B vitamins. So it is stress on the body. And if you are in a healing phase, um, whatever that is, it's going to impair the healing because alcohol takes precedence. Getting alcohol out of the body takes precedence over anything else. The body's main thing is, okay, there's this alcohol toxin in our body. We need to get it out. It's not focusing on anything else. So um, do I drink? Once in a while. And when I do drink, I prefer to do, um, organic wines. And if I can't get an organic wine, like if I'm out to dinner and you know, we're getting a glass of wine and they don't have an organic, I'll do something from Europe because Europe does not spray their grapes. Like we do here in the U S California wines are loaded with glyphosate, even organic farms in California, because there's such heavy glyphosate residue from all the spraying that they've done over the years it's so hard to get it out. And which breaks my heart because one of my favorite wines, Josh, um, one of my favorites, it's a California wine and I just won't drink it anymore. Um, so I find organic farms that I like that I'll enjoy. Um, if you're out, if I'm out at the bar, I'll probably just do like a seltzer water with like vodka and a lime juice or something, or like a fresh squeezed lime. Like that's what I would kind of do as more of like a healthy alternative. I, I just don't like beer, so I can't really, I can't really speak on that. I just can't do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're going to do alcohol, I think it's really important that it's, that it definitely is a moderation thing, being able to support your body, support your liver, support all the vitamins that it's taking to process it. Um, And also kind of like understand why you're doing it too. Um, I think that's important. But if it's a social thing, there's definitely good and better alternatives out there. Um, Okay. I got a lot of recommendations for like Hashimoto's and Hashimoto's. So Hashimoto's recommendations, Hashimoto's recommendations. I would refer to the the podcast I did on thyroid health. Um, I also am going to point you in the direction of my online course because my online hormone course goes over all the root cause issues, why there could potentially be any issues with hormones. Um, I think in the future that I'm going to come out with something specific to thyroid just because I know that thyroid impacts so many people. So stay tuned for that. Um, Best advice for someone with PCOS for weight loss. So PCOS, um, typically there's some sort of insulin resistance going on there. I highly recommend that you listen to my podcast that I did last week with Danielle Hamilton. She is such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to PCOS because she reversed hers naturally. Um, And we talk all about your metabolism, creating that metabolic flexibility, making you a fat burner. So I would definitely point you to the direction of that podcast that aired last Wednesday. All right. Speaking of sweeteners, what's your opinion on Stevia? So Stevia is okay in my opinion, again, in moderation. Um, I'm not a fan of by any means of artificial sweeteners at all. Like I don't think that they should be in our diet. Um, they are ruining your gut. They are not beneficial to your body at all. And they create formaldehyde in your digestive system when they are breaking down like into their byproducts. So for those reasons, I stay away from those. So like aspartamine, uh, sucralose. Stuff like that, get them out. Um, stevia is okay. Um, I will do stevia or monk fruit, but it's still a moderation thing. So, like, I'm not loading everything up with stevia, but like the protein powder I use, if it has stevia and I'm using that once a day, okay. Um, sometimes I don't even use it. So, um, I think stevia is definitely a better option. I'm really liking monk fruit. Um, especially because monk fruit does not have any impact on blood sugar, which the verdict is not quite out on stevia if it does or not. Um, all right. What is the best alternative to sugar or artificial sweetener? Okay. So yeah, I kind of just answered that one. Not, not, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even see this question when I was answering the last question. Um, I would say monk fruit, stevia, no sugar, (laughs) are like the best alternatives. Um, but yeah, monk fruit and stevia, I guess I would say for those. Um, okay. What model of sauna do you have? We want to get one. So I have a confession. We do not own a sauna yet. Um, the saunas that you guys see me going in are either the sauna that is right at the place that I practice at out in Canadagua. It is a clear light jacuzzi sauna. Phenomenal highly recommend they are a little expensive but they're very nice but then the also the other sauna that you guys probably see me in is my parents sauna which that's a sunlight and sauna and I really love it um, sunlight in is very low EMF um, it's got the chromotherapy I I love it it's got the uh, far and near infrared and we actually just ordered our own so it will be here at our house in I don't know probably five weeks it takes forever to ship but we did just order one. And so we ordered the sunlight and brand. Um, we ordered a two person one and I'm so freaking excited for it because I just don't always have the ability to go in the one at work and Nick never does. And I want him to reap the benefits because we want to be healthy and thriving on this earth for a really, really, really long time. And I've seen how beneficial the sauna has been for myself. I saw how beneficial it was for my mom when she started using it. And that was a good part of her healing journey. Um, I just, I really truly believe that it's amazing. And so I'm very excited to get one. All right. This next question is, um, I'm just going to kind of answer my thoughts on it. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of questions, COVID vaccine, yes or not, or yes or no. Um, I think that the great part about all of this is that it's 100% your choice. Um, with that, I'm not going to say yes or no. I'm just going to kind of say, I just have some questions on it. Um, I, the fact that it was not tested on animals is very concerning to me because the last time there was a SARS vaccine, you know, it did really well in the animals and they all produced antibodies. But then when they got reinfected with the virus, which is something they're not ethically allowed to do in humans, but you can do in animals, the animals had such a hypersensitivity reaction that they died. And, um, I just have questions on long-term effects and, for me personally, I, I I don't quite know if the unknown outweighs the benefits, which the benefits is something that I'm also still concerned with because it, you can still transmit the virus and you can still technically get the virus. So if it's not helping with transmission, I don't know. I just have a lot of questions on it. For me, I think I had it. I, was, I know I was exposed, so I'm not in any rush to get it, Um. I think that if it's something that's going to make you feel more comfortable about going out in public and make you feel just a little bit more at ease, then it's so great. Um, But for me, I just personally, I I just have some questions with it. Um, Okay, more questions on Dutch test, Dutch test, Dutch test. Um, Dutch test. Okay. How can... Things to incorporate in your diet during pregnancy. So, when you think about that, you're thinking most people think, okay, I'm eating for two, so I'm just going to eat a lot of calories. And that's not necessarily it. You really only need like two to three hundred extra calories. It's more about nutrients because you are growing this another human inside you that's that baby is stealing all of your nutrients. So, it's really important to make sure that you are eating a very high nutrient dense diet. and I get that I've seen a lot of people and a lot of people I work with have told me like, I literally am craving just carbs. I want pasta. I want bread. I don't, I can't even think about me. I can't think about vegetables. And, um, if that's the case, it's really important to kind of find ways to sneak those whole nutrient dense foods in there and be able to have high quality, you know, supplementation if needed, because you're going to really want to get all of those good foods in because you again, want to support yourself. You want to support, um, the baby and getting like high quality activated B vitamins are really important. Um, and just thinking about like a whole food approach going into your pregnancy is going to be really important. Um, so obviously things that you're going to want to incorporate are going to depend on also what you even feel like eating, especially during that first trimester, that can be a little, a little challenging, but, um, but yeah, so. Um, that was a lot of questions and I, I, I get that I missed probably some of them, but I try to answer as many as I possibly could. And I hope that you guys found this beneficial and, um, yeah, I'm excited because I'm going to be recording a new podcast on the fitness industry and my thoughts on the whole thing, which is going to get me super fired up. So that's going to be releasing next week. And, um, I just want to say thank you guys again for just being so great and leaving reviews and sharing this episode or sharing the episodes, sharing the podcast, because, um, you guys are just helping to help me with my mission and get, get this information out. So thank you in advance for that. And, um, it's been so fun connecting with you guys on Instagram and having you be so engaged and ask questions and really be receptive to all the things I'm talking about. And it really makes me feel like, I'm doing good in the world and putting out things that are going to help people. So I want to thank you guys for that. It's been so fun building such an engaged and, um, interested community. It's, it's been amazing. So thank you guys. I am sorry if I didn't get to your question, I will be answering more questions on Wednesdays. So today in my Instagram, I will be answering some more. Um, but if you don't listen to this podcast on Wednesday, that's okay. You can always, um, Oh, that's right. Stories are gone after 24 hours. But anyways, um, that's why I like answering them in podcast episodes because it's something you can always refer to. And I definitely can go a lot more in depth and answer things a little bit more, th- more thoroughly, which is something that I enjoy. So thank you guys. I will see you next week. Woo!